What's going on guys? Back at it again with another podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the one and only TERFs. I'm Molly. And I'm Nathaniel. And this is Two, two Dumbasses dumb Talking, talking into, into a phone. phone. What is a TERF? TERF stands for Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminist, aka some bullshit. Uh, now, you might be thinking to yourself, hey, wait a second, how can a feminist be trans-exclusionary? Because a lot of misogyny also plays into transphobia. Well, then you're a lot smarter than most TERFs, because TERFs seem to believe that, uh, you know, trans women are, um, men trying to invade women's spaces, and that trans men are women who have so internalized culture's misogyny that they decided no longer to be woman. There's, there's a lot of BS that goes into that. Um, but, but the, the least BS part of that, the, the least... In the, the least intentionally transphobic, let's say, is uh, where it's based, right? So, I mean, the, the history of TERFs is an interesting one, um, insofar as that it starts off largely with second-wave feminism in the early 80s, uh, when a lot of uh, feminism rhetoric and a lot of the, you know, things that they were talking about were largely based around sex, right? Because it was very much this man versus woman, uh, gender essentialist is what it's called, gender essentialist rhetoric, where um, there wasn't a lot of space for the in-between or any type of switching there with that gender. And so it was also um, largely based around women finally being able to claim their bodies and specifically their vaginas as their right. own. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's understandable, especially for older feminists who come from this second wave, that, um, you know, trans people and the more gender-fluid aspect of feminism is a little harder to grasp. Of course, that doesn't really, you know, excuse the terrible things that TERFs do to trans people, you know, not, not in any way, but it's interesting, especially when considering, like, where these sort of beliefs come from, um, especially when, like, you know, my mom drifts pretty close to that area sometimes insofar as like birth being very much her line of work and yes that absolutely lines up with um you know fighting for women's rights when it comes to birth right but uh, I've had to you know sort of talk to her about how that that rhetoric can certainly come off as trans exclusionary in in many ways right um as well as yeah. the um women's marches with the mm -hmm. pussy grabs back campaign where the whole feminist aspect of the women's marches was seemed to be kind of centered around people with vaginas right and not women in general and it's especially you know in this day and age when gender is becoming more and more fluid it's especially important to sort of think about how what 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 you're saying implies right because because you know the pussy had as far as I know, was not intentionally transphobic, but that, again, intentional or not, that still had this impact of implying certain things about what being a woman actually is, right? So, so it's always important to think about that. And uh, it's especially ridiculous when uh, coming from the 
queer community turfs because trans women have since day one of queer liberation been on our side essentially i mean looking at the history of stonewall it was started by two trans women of color and a butch woman of color right like this was this was this was an intersectional movement from the start um and anybody that wants to ignore that is either misinformed or being blatantly racist and transphobic the only time that the kind of queer liberation movement um furthered from intersectionality was when specifically white gay men decided that it was their movement love that go white gay men don't do that (laughs) it is very much a movement of many people not just white people can be gay that's a little ridiculous it's a lot ridiculous all right not um, just cis people can be gay that too unless said not just straight people can be gay straight people can't (laughs) be gay fun fact yeah, well, I mean, for these reasons, and otherwise, I mean, the history of TERFs is one that is not, not, not malicious originally, right? But it has very much become a lot more malicious and intentionally transphobic and pretty awful in a lot of ways. So we, before we go to the more modern day segment led by my co-host Molly. We're going to take a quick break for, for a message from our sponsors. It's get off my turf. So the next time you're walking down the street and a wild turf appears, now you know what to do. You whip out your handy dandy pocket spray, TM, and you just press a little nozzle on top and it's gone. The tariff's gone. Uh, you can email us at a website to order some. This has been Turf Away. Side effects may include legal action on the turf's part, uh, burning from the pepper spray, and any further actions cannot be traced back to this company. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Now that you've heard about the history of turfs, we're going to talk about modern day turfs. The modern turf movement is made up of majority cis white women. They're also often called rad femmes. These women tend to have an image of gender equality being based on biology and genitalia, not the concept of gender within the brain. The belief that trans women are men trying to invade women's spaces is very prevalent today and used to oppress trans women within the feminist community now more than ever. One popular thing that is seen with uh, TERFs, leaders of the TERF community, is um, outing and exposing trans people online, taking pictures of trans people and saying their birth names and their chosen names and kind of outing them to the world and probably to a lot of people in their lives. Not the wave. Don't do that. Not all the wave. At 2018 London Pride, a group of TERFs came to protest trans people. It's that whole thought that um, trans people are just invading spaces, which is, right. like, real whack, because trans people deserve that space. No, yeah, time and time again there have been uh, pride parades and queer events that are then invaded, essentially, uh, by turfs. Although, maybe we shouldn't 
use the term invaded because that sort of implies that it comes from a space outside of the movement when they, they are very much people within the queer community you know like that's not it, it's not some outside force it's an issue within our own community that needs to be dealt with yeah it's it comes from within, which is why it's, like, one reason why it's so painful. Because it comes from the community that's supposed to be supporting trans people. And that's not to say TERF is a queer identity. Not uh, at all. But oftentimes, uh, TERFs are um, older lesbians or more traditional uh, feminists. And so, you know, they... Lesbians very much deserve a space in the queer community, but if you know, they are then also a turf deciding that trans people don't. Like, sorry, that's that's obviously insincere to the original purpose of queer liberation. Especially because the original queer liberation movement was started by trans people. Yup. Uh, there's a lot of casual turfism nowadays, a lot of casual transphobia um, f within the feminist movement. Uh, it's often seen at the women's marches with the um, pussy grabs back and the whole like protest based around vaginas basically which not every woman has a vagina that's straight up that's not how the world works but that's there's also um kind of the thinking that like women um like kind of like that birth is like right. the goal for all women when not all women can give birth. Not all women who are cis can give birth. Or it's, want to give or birth. Or want to give birth. Yeah. And like the whole thought that like our like our genitalia, the like the vagina is what makes women beautiful. Like that's not really accurate. It, right. I mean there's there's definitely sort of this this argument that, that is demonized to a certain extent and that's true, right? Like we should sort of lose a lot of our stigma surrounding vaginas in general, but that, and, and while that does intersect quite a lot with feminism, that, that can't be the epitome of womanhood, right? That can't be the, the equation there, because then that really is trans-exclusionary. That is just the definition of trans-radical exclusionary feminism, is believing that trans women aren't a part of the feminist movement right. aren't allowed to be in the feminist movement because A, they're men invading the space, or B, they're not real women. Neither of those are true. Yeah, so Molly, what are some things our near and dear CSJ feminists can do to avoid intentionally or not uh, being transphobic slash turfy in their discourse? Well, on a very basic level, watch your language and what you're talking about and what you're saying when you're talking about feminism because trans, because female beauty isn't just the body parts, which not every woman is comfortable with either. It's it is, it is very much sort of counterintuitive, right? How are you going to not, like, like a big part of it is very much uh, desexualizing certain aspects of human anatomy, right? Um, but then to be so insistent that that is what a woman must be, right? Like that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. So in the in terms of the feminist movement, when you're hyping each other up or something, it's 
it's like when you're talking about hyping up women, it's not just based on their sex characteristics or their genitalia, because not every woman has that. Yeah. Um, and it's important just to recognize that trans women are women, and that they are, they do exist, and that they're not going anywhere anytime soon, and that we support them as feminists. Oh yeah, trans rights. Trans rights. <laughs> Molly Signing Nathaniel off. said trans rights. Signing off. Uh, this has been two dumbasses talking into a phone. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>